Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Can you feel it? The draft is only a few weeks away. So who are the cream of the crop this year? Well, my next guest breaks down the skill positions and how they project at the next level right here. It's time for the College Football Legends Podcast. The players. We're going to hit somebody and we're taking down the field for a touchdown. I guarantee you that. The coaches. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The players. There goes Davis! Oh my God! Davis is going running all the way back! And so much more. College football legends. Heroes come and go, but legends live forever. Believe in college football legends on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Chris Smith. It's time for Amen Corner as the top golfers head to Augusta for the Masters. So you need to head to Bet Online. Look, it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, so it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Game Changers. That's what NFL scouting departments are looking for in the first and second rounds of the NFL Draft. And this time of year, teams are salivating over the top college players, making the leap to the next level. So we're going to dive into the next wave of NFL superstars with my special guest on the show, Charlie Campbell, Senior Draft Analyst for WalterFootball.com. Give him a follow on Twitter at Draft Campbell. Thanks for joining me, Charlie. Great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Definitely. Walter, football has been one of my favorite sites for years because of the great content, there's tons of player analysis to your mock drafts, but I love your NFL draft scouting report section, highlighting players with detailed strengths and weaknesses. So many players evaluated in there. So let's start at the quarterbacks. How special is Trevor Lawrence? Well, I think he's right up there with Andrew Luck in terms of uh, an elite quarterback prospect, a guy that could be a generational talent, a once in a uh, you know, once in a decade caliber player, here we are less than 10 years from Andrew Luck. So not necessarily, um, you know, the one, uh, one that never happens again kind of thing, but he, it's rare to have a prospect that is a quarterback, but is also the best football player in the draft. Typically we'll see drafts that have, you know, a quarterback go number one, but the best overall player in the draft, the highest consensus graded guy might be like, say, a defensive end like Jadavian Clowney or sure. Miles Garrett or Joey Bosa or someone like that. And they might not go number one. You know, they might go because of the quarterback demand around the NFL. So it's rare to have a quarterback that is that good, that is the number one player in the draft uh, and be and also a quarterback because so much goes into that position. It's so difficult to play. So Lawrence is that good. He has the arm. He is a really phenomenal athlete, faster than defenses expect as a runner, just can do it all. Mobility, arm strength, pocket passing. Uh, Clemson predetermined some throws. So like any quarterback, he has things to learn for the NFL, but he's really intelligent, hard worker. Uh, scouts rave about his intangibles as well. So he's the complete package and the real deal. 
Well, it's definitely a good year to have the number one overall pick then. And who's the top signal caller after Lawrence? Is it Justin Fields, Zach Wilson? Well, now this is where it gets kind of interesting to me because in in my – see, when I'm doing a mock draft or posting the our position rankings on Walter Football, I'm ranking guys where I think they're going to come off the board uh, based on what I think NFL teams will do. Sure. And uh, – and in, in my own opinion can be different from that. But I think NFL teams, Zach Wilson is the consensus number two quarterback. I think um, he's pretty much a lock to go in the top three now. And then, but in, uh, that's where I think NFL teams have them. I personally like Justin Fields a little bit more. I think he has a uh, more special dimension to him as a player, as a playmaker, and as a competitor. Uh, so I think that I like Fields personally a little bit more, but I think Wilson will be the second quarterback drafted. Yeah, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, that's for sure. And we're speaking with Charlie Campbell, senior draft analyst for Walter Football. And a couple of SEC quarterbacks set all kinds of records. How do you see Florida's Kyle Trask and Alabama's Mac Jones at the next level? Well, you know, like you said, I mean, both of those guys just had phenomenal senior years. And to consider that they did it in an SEC-only schedule where they didn't have those games against uh, the children of the blind to open the season, uh, you know, that makes those numbers even more impressive. Um, But Mac Jones was, you know, essentially driving a Ferrari. Uh, It's easy to look good doing that. Uh, You know, he... Uh, had just such an amazing supporting cast with early round talent on the offensive line, an elite running back in Najee Harris, and a a wide receiver that will go down in Alabama history as maybe the best they ever had in Devontae Smith. And then another first round wide receiver for part of the year, Jalen Waddell, and a whole bunch of other guys who we'll be talking about in the 2022 and 2023 drafts going early. So, I mean, he just had a loaded team around him. Uh, He did his job, though, has a quality arm, really good anticipation, Um, just did a really phenomenal job in decision-making, going to the right receiver. Kyle Trask was similar, just amazing pocket presence this past season. He was just dynamite from the pocket. And as one NFL uh, director of college scouting said he he has to be because he had to develop pocket presence because he can't move that's the big Mm. knock on him is he's a statue in the pocket so uh you know he has to be able to thrive so for him to succeed in the nfl he's going to need to improve the pocket manipulation where you know seeing how tom brady who's not a mobile dual threat lamar jackson type quarterback but he shuffles in the pocket just at the right time, uh, just a step or two here or there. And that's all it takes for a quarterback who's deadly with his mind and his arm. And Trask really has good mental ability. He's a really great intangibles team that I've talked to people from Florida. They just rave about him. Uh, but he's got good size, good arm, really did a phenomenal job with accuracy and ball placement and letting Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Toney and those great weapons finish plays off. So I think Trask could be a real good value for some team in the second round. And Mac Jones, I think, could be on that kind of bubble. Uh, Maybe a team takes him late in the first or he goes early in the second. 
Yeah, sounds like two really great signal callers. And is Trey Lance ready to make the leap from North Dakota State to the NFL? Well, he's going to need development. I think in terms of when you look at the track record there, uh, being he's a one-year wonder at North Dakota State, so much lesser uh, caliber of competition. And it sticks out when you watch the games from that 2019 season. In some ways, it kind of looked like a high school player playing in a middle school game uh, with Lance and some of the some of the teams he went against. But he's got an amazing skill set, big arm, athletic ability, really tough runner as well. Um, so he just needs development in terms of field vision. He really doesn't see the field well. He's going to have to work on reading defenses, working through progressions. So whoever drafts him, I think, needs to take a patient approach. Uh, it will help him to sit, I think, for a year, learn behind a veteran, uh, learn NFL defenses, really master his offense and how to work through progressions before he takes over as a starter. So he's a bit more long-term development. Uh, but he has huge potential and upside. Yeah, they love that potential. And we're speaking with Charlie Campbell, senior draft analyst for Walter Football. And let's dive into the ground game, starting with Clemson running back Travis Etienne. And without a traditional scouting combine, has the former Tiger boosted his stock? Well, I would say so, because he had an excellent pro day, ran really fast, looked good in the drills. Um, you expect that for running back of his kind of style of play because you know some of the big bruisers who break a lot of tackles and get yards after contact in a in a pro day workout might not look as good um because that's that doesn't show the part that, of their game that makes them special but the pro day workout does show what makes etn special as well as because the guy is such a dynamite receiver. Uh, he runs really good routes, has nice hands, a real threat in the passing game. He's a fluid athlete with explosion and burst. So all of that could be seen in the pro day. And I think that that he, you know, he really helped himself there, even without the combine. Yeah, they like those runners that can also catch the ball out of the backfield. Is he the first running back off the board? I think so. I mean, it varies from teams as to who they like the most between him uh, and and uh, Najee Harris from Alabama, Javante Williams from North Carolina. So you get some discrepancy in opinion there. But, but I think overall, ETN has the most passion from the teams that like him, and it takes passion and falling in love to be a first-round pick. And I think he has that. And I think what he does in the passing game uh, really sets him apart as well and helps him to, to be that first one off the board. Yeah, you mentioned Javante Williams out of North Carolina. Could he end up being one of the best? You know, it very well could be because he's got that size and the power uh, ability to hold up and take on a big workload and kind of be that bell cow back in some ways. Uh, he kind of reminded me a bit of Leonard Fournette. Um, mm. So he has huge upside. And I, and he also, I think coming from North Carolina, where he kind of split the load with Michael Carter, who's going to get drafted in the mid-rounds this year. You know, they're both coming to the NFL with, with fresh legs because of that. 
And I think that that helps him as well to hit the ground running and have a really good start to his career. Of course, all these guys, you know, landing with the right team is such a big part of it. You know, you can take a talented running back and put him on a bad team with a terrible offensive line and a quarterback who uh, doesn't scare teams. And then that guy's the running back's job is near impossible. So uh, you know, where they land is going to have a big impact on on how these guys pan out. Uh, but definitely Williams is, has the potential to be a really good pro. Yeah, a little less miles on the odometer for Williams. And we have more college football legends right after this. The sun is out, so it's time to make your outdoor experiences better with Canon. Canon sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. The Japanese optics make the lenses clearer, lighter, stronger, and the Italian handcrafted frames are impossible to scratch. Use the exclusive code CANONCAST15 at canon.com to receive 15% off your first pair. That's K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T-1-5, Canon. Clearly better. This is the College Football Legends Podcast. I'm Chris Smith, and we're speaking with Charlie Campbell, Senior Draft Analyst for WalterFootball.com. Let's turn to the pass catchers. Is wide receiver Jamar Chase from LSU the cream of the crop? Well, he's the top-rated receiver in terms of wide receiver, but if you're just talking about a passing weapon, the top-rated player at as a passing weapon mismatch guy is Kyle Pitts, the tight end from Florida. Mm. And I know from speaking to a number of teams, he's their uh, second highest graded player in the draft behind only Trevor Lawrence. Um, From what I gather from the time I have to read some other mock drafts here and there, Pitts is going to go higher than than I think a lot of people realize. I would be surprised if he even made it to, say, pick seven with Detroit. I think he's going to go somewhere between four and six. He's such a dynamic mismatch weapon. So he really plays some wide receiver. He plays X, the split end receiver. You'd line him up as a slot receiver and then as a tight end. Um, Some teams think he could be a poor man's Calvin Johnson. Others Mm. think, no, he's he's not that kind of guy. He's going to be similar to Travis Kelsey. Uh, or Tony Gonzalez as a tight end. So uh, in terms of passing weapons, Pitts is the best, and he's the most unique and rare kind of prospect. But Chase is really good. He's built pretty tough, showed speed, explosion, uh, had was a real threat, nose for the end zone, um, run after the catch ability. So he's kind of similar to amari cooper but i think maybe a little bit better so uh either way you really can't go wrong if you want a receiving weapon and you take pits or chase yeah speaking of weapons out of the alabama teammates Devonte smith or jalen waddle who you taking the heisman trophy winner or the national champion well you know i think that smith uh is the more polished receiver and obviously he has the the big knock on him is the thin build weighing, you know, 160s, 170. Uh, Waddle had injury issues of his own, but he was kind of a gimmick receiver early on, uh, needed to develop the route running. He was showing real progress in that department before uh, the injury on the kickoff return against Tennessee. So Waddle was really coming along, but I personally, 
I would not bet against Devontae Smith. I, that guy is just such a killer on the football field. His route running, his suddenness out of breaks is just incredible, the way he generates separation and gets open for his quarterback. So even though he's undersized, I'm going to bet that he finds a way to overcome it just like he has every step of the way so far. Yeah, some great pass catchers in the draft this year. And you were talking about Kyle Pitts. How does Pat Freermuth, the do-it-all tight end from Penn State, stack up against him? Well, I mean, Freermuth, Freermuth might be uh, probably have more upside in the long term as a blocker uh, and being a potential wide tight end, that kind of balanced run blocking, receiving uh, contributor. But in terms of wide you know just being a passing weapon and a mismatch weapon there is no comparison Pitts is in a league all by himself there uh you know you know similar to say kelsey or tony gonzalez where firemuth is a bit more of that kind of traditional tight end um and i think he could be a solid second day pick that turns into a quality starter uh, but I, but Pitts is a you know a generational talent at that position. So he's a legit uh, top ten pick in any draft class. And I think uh, in terms of receiving ability, he's just on, in a league of his own. We're speaking with Charlie Campbell, senior draft analyst for Walter Football. Out of those quarterbacks and pass catchers and running backs, what position do you think they teams generally reach for? Well, you know, every draft is different in that, uh, you know, the, the quarterbacks, you have some that uh, skyrocket up the board. And then we've seen, you know, a prospect or two almost each year that slides lower than expected. Uh, you know, be even say the first round, whether it was, you know, Aaron Rodgers in 2005. Yeah, or, he waited a long time in the green room. <laughs> right. Brady Quinn was another one. Uh, Johnny Manziel. Um, you know, some of the those guys had that kind of slide. And then we've seen, you know, other guys also hyped guys kind of slide deep into the draft, even say like Matt Barkley when he came out or, um, you know, last year, Jake Fromm slid all the way well into day three before getting drafted. So uh, this year I think could be similar where we have, we have some guys slide a little bit lower than expected. Uh, and I think that as far as the position players go, I think you'll see a run on offensive tackle mid starting potentially middle of the first round going into the second round there's a lot of good value there i think that you'll see um a big run on wide receivers on the second day of the draft as well uh running back there is good value uh cornerback late first round into the second round and, and third even i think you'll see quite a bit of guys go at those positions so uh there's gonna be some some positions of strength that end up providing some nice values for nfl teams absolutely and we're speaking with charlie campbell senior draft analyst for walterfootball.com and you put out some of the best mock drafts what's the biggest movement in all your mock drafts and is it because of nfl free agent signings well, yeah, I mean, free agency definitely impacts it. Um, you know, for example, uh, if the Dolphins, you know, before free agency, I had them taking Jamar Chase, getting another weapon for Tua. 
Um, but after free agency and after signing Will Fuller, I'm not sure they would take a receiver that high because with Devontae Parker and Will Fuller, whatever receiver they take <clears throat> going to be the third guy, uh, you know, for that first season, I'm not sure they would want that kind of value out of a pick that high. I think they'd want someone who's going to be a bigger contributor than that. So, uh, but a lot of these teams, you know, they'll, they'll kind of reassess after free agency and sometimes they still want to target that same position and really, you know, bolster it with say a veteran and a talented rookie. So um, it, it's an evolving process. The coaches get more involved in April. They do more meetings with players. Obviously this year, they're not doing pre-draft visits, unfortunately. Um, but at any rate, when the coaches get involved, that can really shake things up as to who they want to work with and which guys they just turned off by. So uh, there's a lot of interesting debate and movement coming up right up till the end, right before the draft. Now, we're going to be on the edge of our seats up until the NFL draft. And you have to check out Charlie on WalterFootball.com for his player analysis, mock drafts, and so much more. All right, it's time, time to go. Y'all ready for this? Three and out. It's time to go three and out with Charlie Campbell. It's three-letter questions to close out the interview. Okay, first off, how much game tape do you watch on average, and do you just take a week-long nap after the draft? <laughs> no, the, 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 to answer the second question first, after the draft, I do a ton of recap work. I uh, do a why the slide and why undrafted series where I reach out to teams to find out uh, why guys slid lower than expected or why they didn't get drafted. So it's really interesting kind of recap of what just took place. Uh, and as far as tape goes, it's really impossible uh, to, to kind of add it up uh, from starting <laughs> lab Labor Day weekend. I'm doing oh. college football games uh, two at a time from noon to 2 a.m. every Saturday and then have a few other recorded that I cover uh, you know, watch later that week. And then, uh, pretty, you know, and here in this time of year, I'm generally doing at least one scouting report a day. So I'll rewatch a lot of guys, uh, that I watched in the fall. Cause you can always learn more by rewatching them and rewatching a game that, uh, you pick up things that you might not have picked up on first glance. So, uh, it's just a never-ending process, but uh, it's great. I'm very fortunate and happy and love to do it. Oh, well, you put out some great work. It shows in the product. And number two, with no combine in Indy, do you have a favorite small school product? Oh, that's a good question. You know, that not having the combine and, um, you know, having Senior Bowl be so limited really kind of can hurt the small school guys. Um, I think, you know, looking at some of the, some of them, Spencer Brown, the uh, offensive tackle from Northern Iowa, really good size, athletic ability, uh, really great kid in terms of intangibles, has some uh, injury and medical concerns that hurt him 
but uh, he would probably be my favorite small school guy in this year's group. There's also uh, a wide receiver on day three of the draft um, who he'll go on day three. His name is Jalen Darden from North Texas, who had like 19 touchdowns last year. He's kind of really undersized guy, kind of like a Cole Beasley type. Uh, but I think he's going to be a day three steal for somebody. Nice. Yeah, it must be tough getting those small school products. Everybody's watching the tape for that. And finally, I'm a foodie. What would be one legendary place to grab a meal in your hometown of Tampa, Florida? (laughs) Uh, Well, I would say Tampa Bay Brewing Company and Ybor City is they just have some amazing uh, burgers there and their own beers that they brew are just phenomenal. Uh, Great ambiance there, great staff. So Tampa Bay Brewing Company uh, is is just phenomenal. I would would go with that. That's Charlie's stamp of approval right now. And we've been speaking with Charlie Campbell, Senior Draft Analyst for WalterFootball.com. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Draft Campbell. Thanks for joining me, Charlie. Thanks for having me. Great to be with you. Thanks for listening to the Believe in College Football Legends podcast. Make sure to check out all the prior episodes with Heisman winners, legendary coaches, and sports personalities reliving the greatest plays. You can tweet your questions at the Sports Jesus and join us next week because it will be legendary. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.